This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is Friday, May 6, 2022, and I have the lovely Judy Stanford of Gear Diary here with me. Hi, Judy. How are you? Hi, Miriam. I'm great. How are you? Oh, it's a busy day. I'm doing good. Lots going on right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, the news were pretty quiet this week. And I thought maybe we can talk about some phones we've been playing with. There's a few news items we're going to be discussing, but I know you've been reviewing phones like the OnePlus 10 Pro, the Oppo Find X5 right. Pro, and the Realme GT2 Pro. And, you know, they are kind of like variations of the same theme. They're, they're flagships all made by BBK Group. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of wondering... What can we tell our audience about what they should get of those three phones, right? Well, this is assuming that our audience is able to get one or all of these phones because some of them are not as available in the United States. Yeah. So that's definitely the first question is, are you in the United States? And then once you say that is if you can get them like importing them, assuming you're willing to do that, do you care about 5G would be my next question, right? That's yeah. Well, so even for the United States, if you care about 5G, it can still kind of be an issue. So, well, good point. So, do you want to elaborate <laughs> yeah. about that? Um, sure. So, with the OnePlus 10 Pro, which is the only phone that's technically available in the United States, even though you can get all of them in the United States, its full 5G capabilities are limited to T-Mobile and now to Verizon. If you're on AT&T yeah. or any of the companies that use the AT&T network, you're not going to be able to get 5G, which may not be that big of a deal. Absolutely. I mean, it depends who, who your carrier is, but it's good to know. And this is one of the things that's been really driving me nuts about all the OnePlus phones sold in the US, unlocked, regardless whether you get a flagship or even one of the N-series Nord phones, is that they are not supporting AT&T 5G no matter what. And right. I don't believe there's a technical issue here. I think this is AT&T wants to certify these. And I think the certification process is more stringent or something. And they are, because I think they have to whitelist the phone to put it on their network. Because in my experience, if you put an AT&T SIM that's got support for 5G into a foreign phone right now, like, uh, you know, like that Realme or that, uh, mm-hmm. that, that Oppo that we're about to talk about, you just don't get 5G no matter what. Like you can change all the APNs in the world, even right. force it to go to 5G and it won't connect. Uh, because the IMEI, I no, believe- it's not- it's not compatible with the with the with the bands that they use for AT&T. I think that's the whole thing. It just doesn't offer those bands. But I think it's more than that. I think AT&T is whitelisting. If they see the IMEI sure. and it's not in their database, they don't let you connect to the 5G network. They let you connect to their LTE network, fine. But that's right. kind of a problem, right? And so if you are in the US right now on Timor or Verizon, the OnePlus 10 Pro is your bet for 5G support. Now I also want to add that the uh, 5G for Verizon is only sub-6. There's no millimeter wave support, unlike the right. 9 Pro last year. The 9 Pro last year had millimeter wave, but cost a lot more. So, you know, in a way, I think, 
let's talk about that. I think is do you think it was smart for OnePlus to make it a bit more affordable on one hand, but on the other hand, to limit us to eight gigs of RAM and even worse, 128 gigs of storage without micro SD and then no millimeter wave to kind of keep the price down. Because the Nord N25G mm-hmm. I just reviewed has 128 gigs of storage as well for $282 and yeah. has micro SD support. So what's your take on that? You're making it a really hard sell. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. It's I like mean, now it's that a great phone. It is a great phone. I mean, I, I enjoyed it very much. And I found that like my 4G LTE um, speeds for what is offered by AT&T for 5G in my area, they really weren't that far off from our 5G speeds. And I do that with air quotation marks. So, <laughs> you know, so it really wasn't that big of a deal for me. And it might not be a big deal for somebody else who's on AT&T, but not in the middle of an urban area where they have true, like, super fast, you know, it's it's not just AT&T saying this is our 5G network and you're getting like, you know, 40 down and... 30 up. But anyway, which is what happens out here quite regularly. So my thing is, I'm a little upset with OnePlus because I feel like, okay, is it okay for me to go off on a serious rant because I'm about to? Oh, yeah, yeah, go, go. This is what this (laughs) podcast is all about. Go nuts. All right. So I feel like, I feel like OnePlus has made some kind of a deal with a devil with T-Mobile. And I feel like T-Mobile, first of all, was like, okay, so we're going to be the the carrier that you like cater to in the United States. And OnePlus was like, okay. And they were like, that means no dual SIMs. And OnePlus was like, okay. And so no dual SIMs for their US models, first of all. Okay. Yeah, and then they were hassle, like, yeah. and yeah. And they were like, and no memory cards. We don't want memory cards. And, um, you know, on your flagship phones. And OnePlus was like, okay, no memory cards. And then let's say that maybe they were like, Oh, and by the way, 5G is not going to work for anyone properly unless they're on the T-Mobile network and maybe Verizon because we're not mad at them this week. And I'm totally, this is like the conversation in my head. Obviously, none of this is true, you know? And so OnePlus is like, yeah, okay, just sell a bunch for us. And, you know, everybody else is sitting there going, hey, I've been supporting OnePlus since it was like, you know, the never settle phone that like gave me more for my money. And, you know, now they're a little bit more expensive, but I still like OnePlus and I can't even have 5G. Wait, I'm going to go look at something else. I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to for me. I mean, it's it's a definite drawback because, you know, you buy a Galaxy, you buy an iPhone, and you know it's going to work on any U.S. Yeah. network right now. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And and the OnePlus is a great phone. but It is. Knowing that you can't just f- switch networks at will, for those of us, especially who are tech-savvy early adopters and might want to switch networks, it's a it's a drawback, and yeah. I don't think they have a such a. I don't think T-Mobile is that controlling. I think <laughs> it comes down to certification costs. Remember, the right. IP68 uh, water resistant is uh, available in the T-Mobile version, but they're physically mm-hmm. identical. So I don't Which think that, that the just, unlocked version yes. isn't IP68. I agree. They just don't want to pay and for I wrote that in my review. So they don't want to pay for yeah. the. Yeah, they don't want to pay for the AT&T certification, number one. Number two, the storage thing, you have to understand, for flagships, OnePlus hasn't had microSD since the original OnePlus One. So that's not a T-Mobile thing, right? So that's always been the case with that. No, you're right. Okay, my whole rant rant was just me going wild. No, the way I look at it, I agree with you, but the storage thing... It's only a problem because we're getting 128 gigs 
on a flagship, we should be getting 256 gigs on that phone. I, I don't With an mind, option of you know, 512, yes. Well, options start getting expensive. It means more SKUs. It means more inventory. It means complications. At least give us 256, right? But, right? Yes. Yes, I agree. But if you're going to start it at 899, why not just go ahead and make a 512 version that's $150 more? Do that. Somebody's going to want it. True. Yeah. I mean, you know, Samsung does that. Apple does that. Again, it's like those two manufacturers that are, the reason I think that they're owning the market right now is in part because they're not making any compromises. You can pay more to get what you want. And more importantly, you can get it on any carrier. And more importantly, you can get, you know, bring one, get one. You can get discounts. I mean, there is activation discounts on T-Mobile as well, right? For the OnePlus 10 right. Pro. But generally yeah. speaking, you can trade in so much more uh, and get much better deals for Samsung, particularly Samsung, but also Apple at carriers and directly through Samsung and Apple. And OnePlus does have a program that lets you trade in uh, an unlocked phone, but I think that it's not quite as competitive as what the competition right. is offering, right? Right. So what would you think people should do in the US in terms of the situation with OnePlus? The OnePlus 10 Pro obviously won't do for AT&T customers, right? That's true. So should they just forget it and just buy a Samsung or or like iPhone? Is there a, still a benefit to using a OnePlus 10 Pro on AT&T if you can't get 5G? There are some negatives to using it on AT&T if you can't get 5G, but there are also if you if you like OnePlus and you enjoy using their phones, you like their their overlay on the operating system and all of that, and you want a OnePlus phone, as long as you're not living in an area that gets like really ridiculously good 5G, you probably wouldn't even notice that big of a difference. Yeah, no, for sure. So you think it's okay? Like, do you, because, you know, when you buy a flagship, you kind of want everything. Mm, I know, but a lot of people buy flagships for features that they'll never use and um, right. everything else just to say they have the flagship. So I don't know. It really depends on what kind of user somebody actually is. Right. I, I think I agree with you on that. So, okay. So we've talked about the OnePlus a little bit. And now, so if you are in the US and you're adventurous and you're okay with LTE, no matter which of the networks you're on, well, actually, Verizon doesn't work very well on the imported phones. So oh. if you're on AT&T or T-Mobile and you don't really care about 5G, then that opens up the possibility of you importing the Oppo Find X5 Pro, which is very expensive, mm -hmm. or importing the Realme GT2 Pro, which is much more affordable, actually possibly more affordable, even imported than the OnePlus 10 Pro, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of a price disparity going on there. <laughs> so what do you tell potential buyers? How do you think they they stand out? Like what are the things that would make you buy the Realme or the Oppo over the OnePlus, you know, putting aside the networking stuff? Okay, so putting aside network and everything else, you can get the Realme GT2 Pro um, for $826 roughly. It's $749.99 for the 8 gigabyte, 128 gigabyte version. Um, but $849.99, which is about $940 for the 12 gigabyte, 256 gigabyte version, which 
They're offering 12 gigabytes and they're offering 256, which makes it a bit more attractive in my mind than the OnePlus. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you at least have an option with Realme. So what do you lose, though, from, say, the OnePlus 10 Pro? Well, oddly enough, the um, Google Pay options still work on the Realme. So yeah, that's not too unusual because it's a global phone. It's true, but... There are times when you'll get one, especially like a Chinese version that won't work. But since it's a global oh, phone, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The you Chinese are, ones are Yeah, it's like, forget sheet. it, forget yeah. it. Yeah, even if you can get Google services on there, you're never going to get like Google Pay. But you can get that on, well, both the Realme and the Oppo will offer that. So you're not losing anything there. You're not going to get 5G with either, but you can get much more memory. You can get more um, RAM and you can get more user memory. So, I mean, that's just a consideration. Now, what you're going to lose... Wireless charging. Yeah, that's true. Okay, fair enough. Um, the Realme will not have wireless charging because it's another wire, right? Isn't that what their um, guy says? He says, well, you're still <laughs> using a wire, so it's not truly wireless. You're just placing your phone on something. You're not having to plug it in. So I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's, 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 yeah, that's a, that's a, you know, if you're in your car and uh, you have a modern car, you have a wireless charging right. pad, there's no wires. You put it down there while you're driving. It's nice to have, especially if you have Android Auto or CarPlay. So I don't buy that argument. They're saving money. We're getting that money back, which is fair. I have no complaints. The camera systems are very similar across mm -hmm. all three of them. Very. What's interesting to me, and I want to point that out for potential Realme customers, is that you get the microscope from the Oppo Find three. X. Yeah, Find three X3 Pro. last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a nice little perk, right? You get to <gasps> yeah. uh, actually enjoy a feature that was on a like really expensive flagship yes. in 2021. Yes. And but it's gone from the 5X Pro this year, the yeah. Apple. Yeah. So if you want the Find X5 Pro, folks, you're not going to get the microscope. The thing that's also interesting, and I think in my opinion, kind of where the OnePlus wins in imaging a little bit. Now, mm -hmm. on the main camera front, the Oppo Find X5 Pro is the best camera because it has in-body stabilization plus optical image right, stabilization. Right. And it's got the Hasselblad stuff and the color science is absolutely on point. And that sensor, which by the way, is the same sensor as the Realme, the mm -hmm. IMX 766, is very, very solid. Now, on the Realme, you get just optical image stabilization. You don't get the, the body, the in-body stabilization. And you don't get the Hasselbrad stuff. But I think the main camera, those two are very close. Now, the OnePlus camera is slightly different because it uses a different sensor, mm -hmm. but it's roughly equivalent. What changes is the Realme and the OnePlus have that 150-degree ultra-wide. Right. Right? Right. So you can and get fisheye or super-wide. That's right. <laughs> yes. But conversely, right, the Oppo Find X5 Pro has the same exact sensor for the ultrawide as it does for the main sensor, right. which is the same ultrawide that was on the 9 Pro last year, which is as IMX 766, but it has autofocus, which lets you do macro shots, mm -hmm. right? Whereas on the, I believe in, on the Realme, there's a dedicated macro camera. Am I right? On the Realme, there is, yes. And but it's not it's not a it's not very good because it's dedicated and it's like well, a secondary it, cam. It, it depends on what you need it for. I mean, if you're somebody that enjoys taking macro shots, and by macro I mean like super macro, like microscope practically, because it's not gonna 
work right. as well for like, you know, you're taking a picture of a piece of jewelry or something. It's not that kind of camera. It's more like a, you want to take a picture of the, it's the, the microscope, the right? We're talking about in the your microscope. blue jeans. Yes. It's like, it's more like, yeah, we're talking about, yeah. So if you want to do that, but honestly, real world use of that is probably not that high. It's like something I do when I'm in a meeting and I'm really bored. I'll start pulling it out and start playing with the camera and like looking at what my jeans look like, you know, at a microscope, right. <laughs> microscope level. So if you want, if you want a proper macro, not a microscope, right. but a proper macro, your only choice right now is to go with the Oppo Find X5 Pro because yeah. the ultra wide has autofocus and doubles right. as a proper. And it macro, will work as an actual macro. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then, in terms of telephotos, the Find X5 Pro has a two X telephoto, which isn't particularly great. It's fine because they use sensor fusion. They fuse the main sensor with the 2X. Uh, it's really a portrait lens. It's actually what Vivo uses on their camera phones. It's a 2X non-stabilized portrait lens. So it's optimized for portraits. So it gives you nice natural bouquet and everything. And it's essentially a telephoto, but I, I think it's not as good as the telephoto on the 10 Pro. And because that's like a 3X or 3.3 or whatever it is. and that's actually a pretty solid telephoto, right? For what it is, yes, it is. I mean, it's not a Samsung telephoto. No, it's not. <laughs> but it's also not some 100 megapixel camera either with like, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the way I look at it is I think you're still getting, you know, some options. Like there's enough variation in the different models here, right? Mm -hmm. Those three phones in terms of imaging mm -hmm. that you actually you know, can kind of tailor which is the best setup for you. Right. If you want the microscope, Realme. If you want the best telephoto of the three, OnePlus. Right. If you want the ultra crazy 150 degree <laughs> ultra wide, OnePlus or Realme. Right. If you want the best main camera and a really good ultra wide, it's Oppo. Yeah. And so to me, it's kind of interesting that, you know, in a way, I feel like, you tell me what you think of this. I feel like BBK is kind of part spinning here. Like they're just going, oh, which part should I grab from which bin for which phone, you know? I think- And that's okay. That's absolutely what they're doing. But I do wish they would like give some more of the high-end features for the phone that is easily available in the United States. Even if they're not going to offer, you know, full 5G unless you're on T-Mobile or Verizon, it's like- Put some more of those high-end things on there so we can call it a flagship in the United States. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think there's a news item we're going to talk about that might be bringing this to us at some point. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, stay tuned to that. But um, I feel personally that we've, I think we've kind of talked about all the different camera features. In terms of the, the front sensing cameras, the, the selfie, they're pretty much a wash. They have the same sensor, most uh, like both of them. I feel like the Oppo has a little bit more sensitivity and low light. They have a specific sensor that they're using for that. So that's nice. Uh, if you want slightly better low light performance on your selfies, I think the Oppo is the one. But, you know, the Oppo is also a lot more expensive than the other two. Yeah, right? and honestly, I found that the OnePlus 10 Pro did all right in lower light. I mean, I'm not talking about yeah, total blackness, does. but it does it does no. well in low light and bad I light agree. situations. Yeah. I think the big difference is that the Oppo has a custom ISP, you know, and that custom ISP is absolutely optimized for low light. Yeah. So you really get some incredible, especially for video, you get some incredible results. 
um, shooting in low light video, which has always been a bit of an Achilles heel, especially on the BBK group phones. Right. So I think that's actually interesting. Now, the other big difference is in display because the OnePlus 10 Pro and the Oppo Find X5 Pro have the exact same panel. Mm -hmm. It is a AMOLED, it is Quad HD, it is 1 to 120 hertz LTPO2. Mm -hmm. So that's 100% win for yes. these two phones. Yes. For the Realme, it's not a curved display. So whether you like that or not, I prefer the flat. So me I'm too. pretty happy with the Realme. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The reality is you get a flat screen. I don't think you're sacrificing very much because these are all fantastic displays, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would. And I mean, doesn't the Realme give you a, a maximum brightness of like 1400 nits? So it may may not be too far behind. It actually might be, it might be higher at max. I think yeah. the average brightness is lower and the maximum oh, peak is higher. Right. Something like that. There, I know there's a slight difference in these two displays. Um but definitely the OnePlus and the Find X5 Pro have the same display. Yeah. And of course, they're tuned slightly different in terms of color, right? You know, like white balance and stuff. And that you might like it a lot more yellow or a little more white, depending what your preferences are, which I think is right. really interesting. Um, and then processors, they all have a Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. Um, and you can <laughs> buy the Oppo Find X5 Pro with a Dimensity 9000 as well in China. Um, so... Interesting, interesting choices there, Options. right? Options, yeah, absolutely. Options. In terms of wireless charging and stuff, we've already talked about the Realme not having that. <laughs> but the main charging speed is different too. The yeah. Realme is 65 watt uh, wired, mm -hmm. whereas the Oppo and the OnePlus are, well, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> Hold the, Oppo, the Oppo is 80 watt. The OnePlus is actually 80 watt in global markets and 65 watt in the US. Yes. And of course, the wireless charging on both the Oppo and the OnePlus is 50 watt. So that, what does that mean to you? What, what, what would you tell folks if they ask you, what difference does that, any of this make? Well, if you're thinking about the difference between 65 watts and 80 watts charging, it's honestly not going to be much. But having 65 right. watt capable fast wired charging is, I mean, you're talking about, you know, going zero to like 50% in like, what, 20 minutes, something like that, you know, yeah, and fully yeah, topping like off that. your phone well within an hour. I mean, it's like, it's, it's ridiculously fast charging if you're used to like plugging your phone in at night, going to bed and it's maybe ready in the morning, you know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. this is, this is like, okay, throughout the day, because you're having a really crazy day and you're on your phone a lot, every time you get a chance, just top off a minute and your phone will be practically at full charge for the rest of the day. I mean, it's like, that's, it's a nice thing, but it's really nice to yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, cause, and that's one of the strengths that this phone, these three phones, not just, yeah. I was thinking the OnePlus, but over a Samsung or an Apple iPhone, right? It's like you can charge them way faster wired and wirelessly too, because 50 watt, but you need a special charger I was going to say, so. you have to have the right charger and right cable though for all of these in order to get the speeds, correct? So yeah, that's something to consider, yeah. yes. The good news is they used to each of them have their own branding. Yes. So I think it was uh, Dart for the Realme, right? Uh, Dart charging. Yeah, Dart charging. And then it was Voke, V-O-O-Q. Right now it's Voke for the OnePlus and the Oppo. And the but Oppo. it used to be OnePlus dash charging. Mm -hmm. And then it turned 
to warp charge mm -hmm. and now it's vuk because they're following the oppo branding right but just so you know all three of those if you find a warp charger that's 65 watt in in your parts bin of right. cables or if you find a dart charger from realme or if you find a vuk charger from oppo they're going to be the same. Yeah, that, that was actually one of the things I was most pleased about because the first Oppo that I ever um, reviewed did not come with a charger that would work here. And finding out that it would work well with the OnePlus chargers that I had and I could still get fast charging, that was, that was good news for me. It was a win. It was a, a win. win. A big win. Yes. Yes. So I'm actually looking at GSM Arena now, our friends over there, mm -hmm. that have a great database of all the things. And I'm comparing the three phones and I'm trying to see if there's any other major differences we should be talking about. All three are running Android 12, all three are using the same essential OS. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Color OS and it's slightly skinned for Realme. It's called Realme UI. For OnePlus, it's Color. called Oxygen OS. Oh. And of yes, course, sorry. it's called Color OS. Color and Oppo, yes. For the Oppo, right? So. So you're getting the core of the OS are the same. And actually, that's a sticking point for. You know, I think for people like you and me, Judy, I, I'm happy with it. It's fine. It doesn't feel quite as snappy as Oxygen OS used to feel when it was a native thing because it's a skinned version of Color OS. Mm -hmm. But I find it fast enough. But I find that when I talk to other people, that's a sticking point for them. They're like, I kind of want to bring back the days when my OnePlus phones were telepathically quick, you know? And that's not quite the case anymore. I also... Could that, that have something to do with less RAM as well, though? I mean... No, I think this is more like a... This okay. is the ability for the UI to follow your finger. Okay. Like, it's um, oh, okay. it's a very subtle thing. You really have to be well in tune with the higher-end side of phones to mm -hmm. notice these kind of things. I think the average user is going to find these three phones incredibly quick to use. Yeah. No matter what, right? Yeah, I would think so. so. And then, let's see, cameras... While a charging processors display design. Well, I think the Realme is kind of a bit more boring than the Oppo and the OnePlus. All right. So but here, honestly, here is the Realme and <laughs> here is the OnePlus. And oh my God, Judy, that's so is, awesome. Oh, wrong side. Oh, flip it over. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. There is the um, Find X5 Pro. So. That's right. Trying to keep my camera so, from moving. So which ones do you think? I mean, look, this is what I like about all three of these. They're really venturing into some cool, like, case things. This one's ceramic. And pay no attention to the sticker on there that I haven't removed. But this one is actually ceramic, which is lovely. It resists scratches. It's tougher than Gorilla Glass, Victus even. I mean, it's a really yeah. tough, tough material and beautiful and feels good in the hand. All right, then we have OnePlus that did this wonderful, I feel like I'm showing off models here, but did this wonderful like matte glass. And I haven't yeah. seen the green version, but this crazy black one just looks like matte black inside, but you go outside and it looks like a freaking light show. It's crazy how it uh -huh. lights up with- It's sparkling. It's yeah, so yeah. pretty. And then we have the paper finish on the um, Realme. The Realme. Yes, yeah. and it's got like a texture to it an actual crosshatch that you can see in it. But again, it's no fingerprints, um, no smudges, just really nice to touch. And you will get fingerprints and you will get smudges on the ceramic, but it's so pretty. And if you have the white one, 
I have the white one. Oh, you stole my heart. Right that is such a beautiful <laughs> model. Yeah, hold that thing right up. There. Yeah, yeah. Look at how gorgeous that is. It looks milky and just lovely. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm jealous. Um, so my my take on this is my favorite definitely is the is the uh, Oppo because it's got a really intricate you know intricate ceramic shaped yes you know back. I use it with the case that you, you what you saw there is in the case that comes with it mm -hmm. because I uh, it. Gives it a matte frosting. Yes. And of course, you lose all the fingerprints, which is awesome. Yeah. But if I had to use without a case, the real me would be my choice for sure. Because, you know, that paper-like finish is actually plastic, but it's very well done. And it's yeah. still a metal frame. It's actually, they didn't cheap out. It's a metal frame phone with antenna bands. It looks really premium. Yes. It feels really premium. Yes. And then you have OnePlus in the middle. The OnePlus has a glass back and a metal frame. Of course, the Oppo has a metal frame too, but the uh, the glass back is interrupted by that camera pod you pointed out, which, which I think ceramic. is really unique and really, and it's ceramic. Yes, you're right. yes. It really distinguishes itself. I feel. I agree, you know? and honestly, I think I know that a lot of people think that it looks like a stovetop. I'll hold it up so you can see what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> it looks like a stovetop, or it's too big, or whatever. But honestly, I I think it's one of those things where if you see it across the room. You know immediately what it is, which to me, exactly. I mean, it's like, I mean, the Pixel 6 Pro, you're going to recognize the camera on the back of it. Um, you yeah. know, on, on this one, you will recognize it on the Oppo as well, but you'd be forgiven if you got it confused with the Oppo Find X3 Pro because it has a similar. Yeah, it's very similar. Very similar. Yeah. They didn't change it that much. But then, you know, this, it stands out. This, not as much. So there. Yeah, no, I Design feel like language. you're right. I feel, I feel like you're 100% right. I think that OnePlus, for the first time, I think really and forever, mm -hmm. has found its own brand identity yes. that really stands out from across the room. Yeah. Which happens with the Pixel, as you said, which happens with Samsung, yes. which happens with the iPhone. Yes. And, and kudos to them for that. You know, I found that people saw my Find X5 Pro this year and my Find X3 Pro last year mm -hmm. and thought it was an iPhone in a case. Because Ouch. the three the three cameras, mm -hmm. you know, and they thought that it was just a case that filled that kind of had the taper on the case. Interesting. You know? Okay. Yeah, and then I was like, no, it's uh, it's ceramic. It's the phone. But it's I mean, if you look at if you look at the shape of the cameras inside it, it's like to me they don't look anything like an iPhone. But okay. No, but they have the same. Put it up for a second. Uh huh. You know how, like, the, the Find X is a little less obvious, mm -hmm. but the 3 last year literally had that triangular thing going yeah, like the go. iPhone. There's the 3. Yeah. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Fair, and fair. And so they thought, yeah, there's they a thought it was an iPhone because of it. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Anyway, so that's a, aesthetically, I think all three of them have merits. And uh, the only thing that bums me out, frankly, of all three, I, I'd pick any three of these phones. They're great. Mm -hmm. The thing that bums me out is the no wireless charging on the Realme because I use it all the time. Yeah. And and to me, it's an essential feature. Um, but if you can live without that, I think the best bang for your buck. And if you live, you know, of course, the whole 5G discussion we had earlier at length about being a U.S. customer or an AT&T customer here. Uh -huh. um, if you can get past that, I think that the Realme is your best value, mm -hmm. your best bang for your buck, right? Yeah, I think so. Especially if you want to go for the eight uh, gigabyte, one twenty eight 
gigabyte version, uh, correct? Well, the 12 gigabyte um, 256, yeah. Or even the 8 gigabyte. It's like, yeah. There's, That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. the, It starts at, what did you say, 750 imported, roughly? Uh, that sounds right. Let me find that real yeah. quick. So, I mean, you know, of course, I'd probably want to pick the more storage option myself. Same. But I'm just saying that if you don't need the storage and you're like, I want to get a really nice EBK yeah. phone and I don't want to spend one plus 10 pro prices. Right. This is a probably a solid option. And I bet you abroad too, like in India and stuff, it's probably even more of a, of a difference. Yeah, right? I bet you're right. Yeah. So that's kind of our take on these three phones. I know we've talked about them on the podcast before, folks, but I thought with Judy and I having had both phones in our hands at the same time, mm -hmm. and with Judy, you know, your site is more about like how do things feel rather than the specs and the features. And so I feel like it's important to give you a lowdown of our thoughts as just end users rather than. Yeah you know, nerdy technical people for a change, right? Yeah, I think that that's important. It's not just how it performs, it's how it feels since it becomes an extension of your hand, right? You're going to hold it all day long. Most of us do. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. how does it feel? How does it fit? Do you like using it? That's what matters. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, other than that, that's, uh, as you mentioned earlier, dual SIM. You're not going to get that on the 10 Pro no. in the US if you buy it unlocked but it gives you Meta 5G support. So that's kind of like the, you know, and again, if you're on at t you're screwed, but whatever. Yeah. You know, like, um, <laughs> yeah. in terms of, in terms of everything else, I think they're, you know, size, shape, like overall feel in hand, they're very, very similar. Yeah, I agree. Because of it. And what is the yeah. retail price on the Oppo? I'm actually in the process of writing my well, review. I know it's, it's about over a thousand, so... It's thirteen thirty-five on Amazon right now. Ouch. Thirteen thirty-five. Yeah. And I'm gonna look actually at Amazon.com. So this was the white one, and it is twelve gigs, two fifty-six, I believe. Mm -hmm. So you know. Yeah. You're getting a lot for your money, but you're paying for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's you're paying for the ceramic. You're paying for that crazy camera system and ISP. Yeah. You're paying for, you know, Oppo is always positioned itself as a premium brand, mm -hmm. whereas Realme is always, Realme is kind of what OnePlus used to be, really, right? I feel like that They're is kind of the, like, that's the step that they've taken. They've stepped into those shoes because yeah, Realme, absolutely. Realme is doing something for everyone so that everyone can have like the inexpensive experience, but with the pro features, right? And OnePlus has gotten into pricing that is putting them into the, all right, you're paying pro price, so give me all the pro features. You know, can't they? They can't at these mm -hmm. prices. They can't afford to not give you everything. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, if you have the money and you want to like be a baller, I think that the Oppo is a no brainer. Like really, like just it's a phone nobody else is gonna have. Exactly. But if you want also a phone that nobody else is gonna have, at least in the U.S., that is not baller priced and gives you good value. Yeah. The Realme is your choice. And then if you want to be, hey, I just want carrier support and I want to get like an American, you know, official phone with warranty and whatever, mm -hmm. then the OnePlus is probably your best bet. And then if you're on AT&T, just switch carriers. I'm just joking because I know that some of you can't, can't do that. Oh, that's uh, good. Judy, you're one of them, right? Some folks don't have a choice. Like you don't have a choice. AT&T is the only thing you get. So yeah. Yeah. So that's okay. Buy a Samsung or an iPhone. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. 
I hate to say or that. Or a pixel. Oh, pixel. <laughs> Thank <Good> you. Point, <laughs> pixel. You know, it's funny I say that, but I have a pixel as my daily driver and Same. I don't even think about it anymore. <laughs> it's like, how do I, how the hell do I manage to not remember what my own phone is and recommend it? I have no issues with, like a lot of people have problems with their Pixel 6 Pro, like, you know, software bugs and stuff. I'm very happy with mine. Smooth as silk. I'm very good. But it's funny. I always forget that's what I have. There's something See, about that phone. I never forget. I never forget. I love that phone. And I've had some issues with it, mainly like fingerprint. It's but. only when I pull out the camera. That's when I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I have a pixel. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's still very good. But um, I have to say, you know, if I had to use my own money right now to buy a phone in the US today, right this instant, mm -hmm. it would be a Galaxy S22 Ultra. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Wow. And it's because, solely because of the camera or something else? The cameras are just incredibly good. They're not the same as Pixel mm -hmm. good, it, but Pixel doesn't quite have the versatility of cameras. Sure. And the other thing is, I hate to say this, but the Tensor chip is fine, but it's not Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 fine. Like the speed on the S22 is still a little better. I don't like the software as much. That's the thing always holding me back from Samsung. Some people love it, but one UI is not my thing. Not mine either. I'd much rather have a Pixel experience. And yes. that's kind of another reason why I'm on Pixel. Yeah. But I have to say, considering what kind of deals you can get on S22 Ultra right now, like trade-in deals, right. whatever carrier deals, it's kind of hard to say no. You know? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Unless you want to go iPhone. So you're spending, Maybe iPhone. you're spending your own money and your options are... The Realme GT2 Pro, the Oppo Find X5 Pro, the um, OnePlus 10 Pro, the Pixel 6 Pro, the um, Samsung Ooh. S22 Ultra, or are we going with the Plus Ultra for the camera? Ultra. Okay, all right. Yeah. And what other phones right now are comparable? iPhone 13 Pro? Yeah, but we're talking Android. I mean, yeah, okay, fine. Okay, there's, always, there's always um, an iPhone, right? Uh, Xiaomi 12 Pro. Okay, fair. I haven't reviewed that one, but um, tell me what you like about it really quickly. Uh, it's a camera system again. Okay. Oh, and then Vivo. Vivo X80 Pro okay. when it's coming out, or the 70 Pro if you want to go three months ago. Okay, Because so they come out with a new phone every three months. All of these phones, <sighs> which one are you going to pick as the one that you are going to spend your own hard-earned money on tomorrow huh. or today? Because I'm in the US and I need 5G and I'm on T-Mobile, I really narrows it down to three phones, right? Yeah. It narrows it down to S22 Ultra, Pixel 6 Pro, and OnePlus 10 Pro. And the iPhone. And, f well, yeah, but we're, <laughs> yeah. we've eliminated yeah. the iPhone. So for me, I think it'll be the S22 Ultra probably still. Yeah, it's it's like the camera versatility. Like if I really, like right now I can live without the extra telephoto because I have one in my pocket. I have one in my bag. Mm -hmm. So if I really need that versatility, I just pull out the S22 Ultra. But as a daily, uh, I think the Pixel 6 Pro is a better daily. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and then the OnePlus 10 Pro, I really love it. I really like it, but I'm a bit of a purist and an old school OnePlus person and I Remember how incredibly, and I, I like, I hate to use that word because it's so cliche and I use it on this podcast all the time, but telepathically fast. <laughs> it feels like before I even put my finger on the screen where I want to be, the phone reacts and it, it keeps track of me doing 
the craziest multitasking without even skipping a beat. And that has never happened on a phone since for me, since the 8 Pro, the last version of Pure Oxygen OS that was really optimized before the bugs started coming in. And the 7T and the 7 Pro before that as well. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that those have all been updated now to versions of Oxygen that are a little more buggy and not quite as streamlined. And phones like the 9 Pro are getting Oxygen OS uh, 12, which is based on ColorOS 12, which, again, is fine, but it's a skinned ColorOS. So at that point, I might as well buy a Find X5 Pro and call it a day and have a better phone in terms of hardware, right? Right, right. (laughs) But all of this leads us to one big news item that I'm very excited about. We've covered it a little bit because the rumors have been coming that OnePlus is working on a OnePlus 10 Ultra mm-hmm. or whatever, 10 Pro Plus. Because in BBK land, in Oppo land, it's always been Pro Plus. So we're looking at a OnePlus 10 Pro Plus that would or Ultra that would have a Periscope telephoto. And a Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 Plus, supposedly, whenever that chip is announced, we know it's coming at some point. Mm-hmm. It's got to, because Qualcomm always does this. But the reality is, you know, what else can they throw in there? Like, more storage? More RAM? Right? Yes. So, if this was $1,100, instead of $899, instead of 900 and it had a periscope and more storage, more RAM, and a slightly faster chip, hmm. And, you know, can we address this AT&T certification problem here, OnePlus. Can we stop messing about and give us a OnePlus phone that we can use just like the competition does, unlocked on any network in the US? Then I think I might actually buy that. It would be tempting, absolutely. So the latest rumors on that are basically, it's coming. It's coming. It's getting more and more clear that it's coming. I give you the specs. Um, We presume that the Folded telephoto will be a 5X, but that's based on past BBK group shenanigans, Mm -hmm. (laughs) as it were. Um, But yeah, I feel like, you know, it's not going to be, still not going to be an S22 ultra level phone with two telephotos or anything like that. Right. For better or for worse. (laughs) Um, But the industrial design is very similar Mm -hmm. and it's coming with a newer chip, which I mean, everybody's going to appreciate if you're a high-end seeker of all the best phones. Um, and then, you know, uh, I don't know what else. We don't know much about that Periscope. I'm assuming it's five megapixels. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. The other thing that came out of that article is that they're still working on OnePlus 10 non-pro, but I have a feeling we're not going to see that in the US. So that one supposedly has a Snapdragon 888 or Dimensity 8000. And potentially a Snapdragon 7 Gen 1, whenever that becomes real. So, I mean, basically, we're still rumors flying around about a 10 non-pro. Would you want that? It really depends. For me, the 9 non-pro last year, the the OnePlus 9, was a bad choice. And I didn't recommend it to Mm. people because of two things. It didn't have OIS on the main camera, which I think is egregious on a flagship. And it didn't have a metal frame, which I also think is egregious on a flagship. When the year before, the OnePlus 8 Pro and 8 both had OIS on the main camera and a metal frame, and there were no excuses being made by anyone. Right. You know? So, eh. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe the 10 Plus 
OnePlus 10 Pro Ultra or whatever they're calling it. Maybe they will make it better. We'll see. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to this one because I feel like this would kind of complete the package for me. Yeah. This would really define what a OnePlus proper flagship is, even if it's more expensive. Yeah. but Give people more options. They've been down the more expensive route before and people bought some. So I think that it would be safe for them to release a more premium version. 100%. The next item we have is very interesting. I don't know if you read the article about this Pixel folding phone. You are speaking uh, my language. I want. <laughs> so so it supposedly might be called the Pixel Notepad, which is interesting. But what's really caught my attention is that, you know, and this, this is a rumor we'd already found before this article, which is the fact that it's going to be more of the Oppo Find N kind of form factor. So a little like the front screen won't be tall and narrow. It'll be more regular size right. screen, you know, in terms of. So I like that a lot more. Yeah. But what really got my attention is that patent below there. If you look at that article, which I'll link in the show notes, folks, it's an article by JSM Marina. They're showing a patent that um, Google applied for to do an under-display camera. And it's super smart because the problem with under-display cameras, did you play with the ZTE Axon 30 last year that had the under-display camera? I did Judy? not, but I had the Galaxy um, Z Fold Three. Oh, you've had those Fold 3, yeah. yeah. So you know how you can kind of see uh, that weird pattern, that area, right? Like yes. The quality of the display drops in that spot a little bit. Yes. And so that's been the sticking point all this time. And that's not the only sticking point. The quality of the camera under that display camera is also well. not great. Exactly. Yeah, so... Yeah, but but if you... Since you're on a, on a Fold, you're just doing video calls with that camera anyway, you can use the real cameras to do a selfie, right? Oh, of course. So it's not a huge deal. But this patent solves everything because the way they're doing it is there's a prism underneath the cutout in the screen. Mm -hmm. And that prism can switch from one side to the other side underneath. And... On one side, you have a camera. On the other side, you have a mini display. And so what happens is when they turn the camera on, the camera shines through that hole in the display. And you it's like a normal front-facing camera with a punch hole. Mm -hmm. You have no distortion or problems because you're not trying to go through the actual AMOLED screen. Right. You're going through normal glass. And then when the prism switches to the tiny mini display, it's actually projecting an image from the mini display onto the AMOLED screen. And it's filling in that hole, that punch hole, if you want, with display, yeah. with projected information. I cannot wait to see How it. How cool is yes. that? Hey, finally getting some futuristic phones. <laughs> That's a crazy patent. I don't know if we're going to see it, if it's just a patent and we'll never see it, right. whatever, you know how it is with patents. Right. But the idea is really brilliant, especially if that if you can calibrate all that properly yes. and that auxiliary display is made of the same AMOLED as the main display so that the color matches, everything is correct, and then you don't even notice, right? Right. I have a feeling it'll still be noticeable, but probably less noticeable yeah. than the current method of try to take a photo through an AMOLED screen. <laughs> if, it's, if it's any better than what Samsung was using on the Z Fold 3, it's going to be fine because using the Z Fold 3 half the time I would like notice it at first, you know, the area where it was covering it, and then it wouldn't be noticeable anymore. So if this is better than that, you may not notice it at all other than the initial, oh, that's where it is, 
you know, moment that you have yeah. until it just starts becoming like you don't see it. Yeah. So let's find out. I think this, this, you know, I was not going to even include this because there's been rumors of this, you know, <laughs> pixel fold forever. We all want I it. I know. And I want it so bad. <laughs> We're all on board, mm -hmm. but this is very interesting. Like this is, I've never seen anything like it. And as a camera geek, I was just like, wow, this is such an interesting idea. Yeah. So that's another piece of news. And then the one I'm excited about is that we're starting to see not just rumors, but actual leaks. And I'm going to link to two stories, one from Mac rumors and one from 9to5Google for Sony's new top-of-the-line noise-canceling headphones, the wireless ones. The WH-1000 series is not going to be on its Mark V, so the fifth generation. So... um. We're seeing leaks of the packaging, leaks of the actual headphone design. So what that means to me is that we're going to get those imminently. And, you know, right now the Mark IVs are the king of the roost. Nobody makes better noise-canceling headphones with good battery life that sound that good, that have such a good noise-canceling, that have basically everything in the kitchen sink. You know, Bose owned that for a while, but the sound quality was never good enough. And Sony came along and said, look, hold my beer. We can do better than Bose. And they did. And they did for the last two or three generations they have. So a lot of people are looking at these going, what are they going to do this time? The design's different. Good. But, uh, you know, is it the battery life is already incredible mm -hmm. on the Mark IV. So if the Mark V have even better battery life and even better noise canceling and even better sound quality, like it's a win-win all around. Like nobody right. needs these. Like the Mark IVs are good enough. So this is yeah. But if you held off and you didn't buy the Mark IVs, now it's time to buy. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So this is kind of where we're at with those, and I'm excited about it because personally, I have the Mark IVs. I had the Mark Threes before that, and I travel and fly a lot, and I use them on flights all the time, and they sound absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And so. For me, that's the number one thing. They sound phenomenal. Number two, great noise canceling. Number three, fantastic battery life. So I'm just very happy with them. So I'm very excited about these. I've actually reached out to Sony PR and said, hey guys, I haven't heard from you. What's happening with this? Because I don't want to- <laughs> Don't forget don't me. <laughs> yes. Don't forget me. Yes. Yeah. yeah um, the last item on the news is not super exciting. It's a bit nerdy, but you guys all know, if you're listening to the show, that- Storage performance, the speed of your storage on your phone is actually pretty critical. The way your apps launch fast when you tap on an app is it, it needs to load this app from the flash storage. And if that's fast enough, then you it feels instantaneous, right? So um, once it's loaded, it stays in memory. So it's a bit faster to switch to it. But if the first time your phone is booted and you run an app, it's, it's instantaneous, it feels so much nicer. So there's a number of tricks manufacturers use to make that happen. Some of them create a RAM disk and copy the app over to the RAM. Uh, if there's a lot of RAM, you can do that, and then it feels instantaneous. But what's exciting is that, you know, UFS, uh, which is the kind of universal file storage standard that is used for flash memory on phones, is currently at uh, version 3.1, I think. All the flagship use that. It's the fastest storage that exists. Well, Samsung's just announced UFS 4.0, which is in even faster by quite a bit. So that's the, that's the big news is that we're going to get phones that not just the processing power, but the actual storage performance is going to be much higher, which means that apps are going to start faster. Videos are going to play with less dropped frames. 
just overall, it's going to be a better experience on our phone simply because storage is faster. It's like if you think about your computer when we switched from hard drives to SSDs, right? It made a huge difference. Yes. So this is this is what the news is about. It's uh, pretty surprising, but uh, I want to mention it simply because I'm like, that means that flagships later this year and next year are going to have this. Yes. And maybe so. mid-range phones are going to have a little bit 3. faster, 1. yeah, than they usually do. Yeah. So everybody gets a step up. I like it. The other big deal about this news is it's not just faster, which is expected. It's also forty-six uh, percent more efficient. So your battery mm-hmm. life is not going to suffer from that performance improvement. So <laughs> that's important. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Win all around. So yeah, I figured I should mention that. Um, Another thing that's come up since then that I didn't put in the show notes for you, Judy, and maybe you've heard about it, is T-Mobile had uh, another on-carrier event this week, Mm -hmm. and it was about their home broadband. So, Tell me all about it. So you've been able to get home broadband from T-Mobile via 5G for a while. They they sell you a, a router that has basically a 5G, it's basically a hotspot, 5G hotspot, but for home use, it plugs into the wall. Mm-hmm. It's got much better antennas because it's bigger. Mm-hmm. So it can catch better 5G signals. And then it's got a, a full-on router with Wi-Fi 6, you know, like high-quality Wi-Fi performance. And, you know, it's, it's essentially free if you sign up for their service. And their service has always been pretty competitive. $50 a month, unlimited data, right? Mm-hmm. So they take, I think they take a deposit on your credit card for the device. When you return it, you get the deposit back. You don't actually pay for the device Mm -hmm. and then $50 a month after that, right? Yeah. So it's a good deal. But now they're letting you try it for free for 15 days. So if you are living in a place where you're pissed off at Comcast or whatever, say your DSL provider, like you can't get fiber, you're just not getting good options with your internet using a standard wire of some kind, like whether it's cable or whether it's DSL, and you want to break up with them, but you can't because there's no choices. Right. <laughs> Maybe if you have 5G T-Mobile in your area, you sh- you can go out to T-Mobile and get that 15-day free trial where they don't charge you anything and they don't ask you any questions if you return the box within 15 days. And you can try it out and find out if the 5G there is good enough for you to work with. Can't hurt anything and to if try. You do like it, yeah. If you like it and it works for you, $50, all inclusive, unlimited, no data caps a month. That's amazing. And so they're using uh, both. So it'll fall back to LTE, but they're mostly counting on mid band 5G for this. So if you're in a city, this is probably going to work really well. But I don't think it's going to work too well if you're in suburbia or in of course rural areas because right. the the low the low band is not that much faster than LTE right the regular yeah. 5G the mid range though the mid band on here in SF I'm getting 300 down and 80 up on mid band 5G on Timo so if that's what you get with that box if you put it by a window or something it should completely be able to replace your cable internet yeah so I'm only excited because of this like 15 day free trial. Like the fact that they're doing what they did back in the day, you know, yeah. John Ledger was still the CEO and he's like, okay, if you want to try out our service, we're going to send you an iPhone 
and you can try it for 15 days, no questions asked. If you return the phone in 15 days and you don't want service, we're not charging you a thing. And if you keep the phone, then we'll charge you. This is the same deal, sure. which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And actually looking at the T-Mobile coverage map compared to AT&T and got to admit, I'm a little bit impressed. Hmm. Are you have any options? Like does AT&T sell you some sort of broadband internet that's wireless? using LTE or 5G in your location? Not that will work where I live. So I may have okay. to check and see. I actually use a um, service out of San Angelo that involved us building our own tower so that it could be right. beamed so to you us. Have it's a millimeter yes, wave connection. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. so it's like some days it's really, really great. Some days it's not great at all. But if we could get true 5G, if T-Mobile service is good enough here that they would actually put that here for $50 a month, which is a third of what I am paying right now for VGI, it would be worth looking into. Yeah, for me, the biggest problem is I'm in a city and yeah. I got good 5G. Yeah, sure. But I don't, I can't, I can't get fiber where I am. Like there is, like for whatever reason, like, there. you know, um, Uber and Eliane who run Uber Gizmo live like three blocks from me uh -huh. and they can get fiber there, <laughs> but I can't get fiber where I'm at. So oh. I'm on cable right now, which is fine, Yeah, but um, and thankfully, I'm not with one of the evil companies. I'm in a, with a smaller provider, so it's not as like I'm not locked in as much, right? So I can move anytime. But I'm actually tempted to just kind of contact T-Mobile PR and say, "Hey, can I try this out?" Um, and if they say yes, then I don't have to worry about the 15 day yeah. limit. If they say no, then I'll just go and get one because I'm already a T-Mobile customer. So adding it to my line, actually, you you get a special deal if you're already a T-Mobile customer. Mm -hmm. You get a free month. So I might try it out because I'm not sure I'll switch to it, but I want to see how viable it is in an area where we have good mid-band. Yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, the, the Verge did a review back in, I think I want to say November, December last year, and they found it to be kind of iffy, but they weren't in a very good signal area. So maybe, maybe, I don't know. It's tempting. Uh, I think you should try it. And I think if I can get it in my area, I should try it too. And then we should like check in with each other and see what the difference is with <laughs> what we're used to and see if it made a difference. Fantastic. I like it. Well, listen, we should wrap up. Do you want to tell folks where they can find you on the internet? Yes, you can find me at GearDiary.com or on Instagram at, at GearDiary and on Twitter at, at GearDiary. And folks, you should definitely read Gear Diary and follow Judy. And you know how it is. If you want to chat with us about this podcast, follow us on Twitter at Tankerl is my handle, T-N-K-G-R-L, like the comic book character, just drop the vowels. I'm also on Instagram with that handle. If you want to chat with me on Instagram, that's cool too. But it's a little harder to have like a group conversation with Judy as well. So Tankerl on Instagram, Tankerl on Twitter. Instagram is where I have pretty pictures of phones, pretty pictures taken with phones, pretty pictures of cars, since I do car reviews for Tech Radar. Mm -hmm. Check it out. And of course, the podcast lives at mobiletechpodcast.com and we're on all the good platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast even, which is my favorite app for Android. So check it out. Um, subscribe, tell your friends, you know, if your app lets you review or rate the show, please do that. That really helps for people who are kind of not sure and uh, want to get an idea of whether they should subscribe. And then, of course, we have a couple of YouTube channels that go with the show, youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast and youtube.com slash mobile tech more. Those are, you know, your standard YouTube channels. One is basically all about the 
phones, the audio stuff, like those headphones from Sony, and the wearables. And then the other one is more like all the other stuff, like travel tech, home automation, car tech, you know, the battery packs and the accessories and the robot vacuums and the whatever. So check that out. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends, click the notification icon, comment. You know how to do YouTube. I don't have to explain this to you. You can comment about the podcast on the YouTube channel as well, because, you know, I'll be happy to answer. <laughs> and then there's Patreon, patreon.com slash tankgirl. That's patreon.com slash T-N-K-G-R-L. This is how I survive as a podcaster. So consider helping out. It's a good deal because we have different tiers and the different tiers gives you extra content. So for example, every week you get this audio version of the podcast that's public. Anyone can subscribe. But if you want to see a video version where Judy is showing off all the phones like she did earlier, <laughs> Patreon is where it's at for that stuff because I have a video version of the podcast that I publish ahead of time. Like you get it a day or two before the public audio version if you're a Patreon. And it's unedited, like it's more raw. Like I don't go nuts cleaning up all the audio and stuff. So it's a little bit more off the cuff. It makes you feel you're kind of there live. So check it out. And then another tier is we have a Discord server if you want to chat with me or whatever. It's another option. So yeah, please help out. This is how I make this podcast go every week with your support. And I want to thank my existing patrons for being awesome. And I encourage you to join Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash TNKGRL. And finally, I want to thank our sponsor, Audible. Audible's been with us since the early days of the show, and they're fantastic. They're the number one audiobook platform in the universe at this point. If you love reading, if you love books like I do, consider joining Audible. I've got a special deal for you. You get a 30-day free trial. You get to keep a book at the end, whether you stay or not. Hopefully you'll stay, and I'll tell you why in a second. But ultimately, check it out. It's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech for the URL. So why Audible? Well, look, you know, if you're like me, you're reading the computer screen all day, you're working on your computer, you're tired at the end of the day and you want to take a break. And guess what? Well, you can watch more screen. You can watch Netflix or something or read something on your screen. But what if somebody read you a story instead? What if you kicked back, put your headphones and earbuds on and a beautiful voice would come on and read you a book or read you a short story or read you a podcast? That's what Audible is all about. So they have an incredible selection of books. Some of the books are read by the authors. You know, it's just a great platform if you love books and you love reading, but you don't want to read with your eyes. You want to have it read to you. So yeah, check out Audible. I really love them. And again, your support is appreciated. If you don't feel like you can do the Patreon or, you know, you don't want to click through the PayPal link that's in the show notes to make a donation and buy me a coffee or whatever, Audible is another way you can help. By helping them, you help me. And of course, I want to thank Audible for being our longtime sponsor. And Judy, thank you for being my guest on the show yet again. Well, thank you so much. And I'm going to throw in real quick that Audible is fantastic when you're cooking dinner. I just want to say, oh, because um, a lot of the, if you have Kindle Unlimited, a lot of the books there come with free Audible books. Okay. And as long as you're reading the book in Kindle Unlimited, you can also listen to it in Audible. And I love being able to switch between reading to listening. And when I'm cooking, obviously I can't have hands in stuff and be flipping pages. So having somebody read to me is lovely. 
y'all support your favorite podcaster. Thanks again, Judy. I will definitely have you on the show again at some point in the future. Thank you. And folks, you know we'll have another show next week, so stay tuned for that. Until then, cheers, everybody. Bye. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.